get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Like a boa constrictor slowly squeezing the life force out of its prey, Winnipeg put together a 15-play, 96-yard drive late in the game that spanned nearly 9 minutes, 45 seconds. The Blue Bombers show up in the second half and come away with a victory tonight. Welcome inside Game Day After Dark. I'm your host, Darren Bombing. Going to be joined by the one and only Zach Schnitzer in just a few minutes. He was at the game like I was, but uh, like we did last week, we're going to bring in, uh, we're going to bring in a good friend. Let's bring him in. Here he is, Joey Slattery, joining us on the post-game show. What's going on, Joey? The warm-up act to Schnitzy. That's what I like. That's my new gig. I'm the warm-up. I keep people here before Schnitzy gets on. Yeah. I like that. I like it a lot. Uh, Sorry, I moved the camera on you there. Yeah, no, it's all good. I'm having a bit of an uh, audio uh, thing going on here. I'm going to get it straightened out. But uh, give, give me your thoughts on the game as I get this straightened out. Well, I thought you nailed it, actually, coming towards the end. That first half wasn't great, particularly that first quarter. Um, man, uh, it was a Diedrich Mills going off in that first quarter. Uh, kind of seemed like Calgary was going to have their way going up 11 nothing, but it was kind of reminding me of a bit of a like warming up a car in the winter. You know, you start it up, it starts kind of slow, but it's giving a lot of effort, not giving you much, burning a lot of energy. And then suddenly once it starts humming, it's humming. And that was the Bombers tonight, like man. And like they just kind of, you know, as the game went on, they only got stronger. And uh, it was it was encouraging to see that fourth quarter. Um, I think my biggest concern of the game is just that it took you know, a half to kind of get into it against a team that's pretty battered. Um, I mean, still early in the season. Uh, and I'm also a firm believer that, you know, put out the effort as long as you get the win, right? We talked about that in Montreal. You didn't need your 40 point outing last week. Yeah. Um, you know, and as long as you yep. come out with the win, that's the big thing. But I mean, there's plenty on tape and we were talking a little bit about it before coming on. There's going to be something on the tape for the coaches to look after that they can fix next week. Uh, but overall, I mean, you can't be, you can't be disappointed. It got, Better as the game went on, they wore out Calgary. You know, I think Calgary got off to a hot start and couldn't hold it. Whereas you saw in the second half, that's exactly what Winnipeg does well, right? Build the lead, then hold it, especially with that play, uh, that uh, that near 10 minute drive <laughs> and Brady Oliveira getting all his yards in a matter of 10 mm -hmm. minutes. But, uh, and that was another thing too. I mean, uh, that run game was dead in the first half too. I think he had. Oliveira that has had like two carries, no yards. He had more receiving yards and, and uh, rushing yards, but stick to it of this man like you just keep going at her and eventually it breaks through so it was good to see so during the home games joey i've been um i've been trying to post like a video uh, i'll record it at ig field and then i'll post it to kind of like the different social media channels just like a one minute yeah. like tee up i love those. Um, love those yeah and and I, I did that and you can you can find those videos uh like tonight's uh on the youtube reels you can find it on our, our instagram story and uh uh, that sort of thing on Facebook too, Twitter. But uh, I mentioned in it that the key for Winnipeg to not allow Calgary to run with them, pardon the on the nose pun, was to eliminate or, or try to limit 
Calgary's run game. Kadeem Carey is a top five player in this league, in my opinion, regardless of position. Okay. He led Mm -hmm. the league in rushing last year, injured early this season. Peyton Logan also injured right now. It's Diedrich Mills backfield with the Calgary Stampeders. And Jake Mayer is not exactly a, I'm going to beat you with my arm. I'm going to put the team on my back. He's just not that guy or hasn't shown to be that guy at least since his first season. You know, his mm-hmm. first season, he was he was dicing guys up. Like, I think he broke a CFL record going like 18 for 18 or 17 for 17 at IG Field against Winnipeg. And I think the Bombers ended up winning that game. Either way, Diedrich Mills was an absolute monster coming out of the gates. He had seven rushes for 76 yards and a touchdown in the first quarter. I was I actually thought he was gonna rush for hundred in the first. I was like, this yeah. this is kind of the kind of the night it felt like if honestly, if that touchdown, like you know, that that first he had two big runs, I think it was a 33-yard run. And I'm almost thinking, good thing that happened where it did, because the mm. momentum that he picked up on that, if that happened back towards his own goal line, man, he probably would have had like two of those and then another long run for a touchdown. Like he just that that drive particularly, like he was feeling it. No question. But Winnipeg just they just stayed in the fight. And dur- also during that, that little tee-up video I did, I also mentioned um, that Winnipeg was going to play inspired football, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can start with a guy like Drew Brown, who is not with the team right now, not in Winnipeg, did not dress tonight. He was on the roster, just like they did with Dembski in Montreal. He wasn't in Montreal, but on the roster, didn't dress. Um, so Dembski comes back this week. Um, you know, Shane Goche, who is a heart and soul blue collar lunch pail, hard hat type guy in that room and has been for years lands on the six game injured list. And then we hear and, and learn of, of the just shocking, really upsetting news of, of Adam Big Hill losing his father suddenly, who he described as a selfless individual who dedicated his life to his son, Adam. And you could see Adam played inspired football tonight, but I think all of that happening and Winnipeg coming off a a win in in like crummy weather in Montreal and then coming back home, you know, Walby and I talked about it on game day, Winnipeg. Um, You know, uh, we've been talking about it all week. There is no way Winnipeg was going to let somebody come in to their house and push them around again. It wasn't going to happen. And, it was 11 to one. Yeah. And it was like, what are we going to get here? What's going to happen the rest of this game? There's 30,500 in attendance. It's country night. Everybody's in their cowboy hats. The younger fans, the, the older fans, the diehards, the casuals. Everybody was there. What was story. Winnipeg going to show us? And they showed us what they're really made of. They yeah. went in at halftime, tied up at 11. What's going on? The offense can't, you know, uh, move the chains and, and be consistent like they have, uh, you know, in, in games past. It was kind of similar to, to Montreal and just, you know, they, they might get a home run to Greg McRae like they did tonight on, on the, the 68 yard catch and run touchdown to tie the game at 11. But it was the way that they just said, OK, defensively, we are going to wreak havoc and offensively, we are going to squeeze you to death like they did with the run game. 
Brady Oliveira did not have uh, the offensive line, the offense, the run yeah. game as a whole did not have a very good first half, Joey. But in the second half, they said, we're taking over now. Yeah. And even in the second half, unit, like, it was incredibly impressive. Even in the second half, like that, for that third quarter, like it, it built up, it built up into that. Like once they got into that drive, that's where they were humming. Right. Then you get into the fourth quarter and, and, you know, they really kind of found themselves. I mean, I thought, you know, there's a couple of plays like, you know, Pat Newfeld uh, didn't feel played the greatest. You know, he had the, that one sack that went right through him uh, to Zach. Like he had no time. And there were a lot of times where Zach was under a lot of pressure, um, you know, forcing throws that he nor- normally wouldn't throw. So the offensive line, you know, I still have my concerns uh, with that aspect of the game. Um, and, you know, up against Calgary, and I'll, I'll give it this going back to your your uh, initial points brought up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Calgary has a strong start mainly because they had, a you know, a tough loss in Saskatchewan two weeks ago and had to sit on that after a bye week and then, you know, practicing through that. So they were well prepared mm-hmm. to come out flying out of the gate. Um, and, you know, maybe it caught the Bombers a little off guard in that sense, but they're just a fresher team at that point. And, you know, they've got a bigger chip on their shoulder, kind of like, you know, Winnipeg would have had last week. Uh, and, you know, and they've made them pay off the top. But again, you know, it's that veteran presence. And because the defense was so dialed in today as the game went on, like, you know, second quarter on particularly, you kind of had that confidence back again where it wasn't, oh, this team might come back. Or, you know, like as soon as the game was tied, you kind of felt like, OK, like the Bombers, are it's just a matter of time before they win this. And, you know, you didn't have that at all at any point with BC. And we talked about it last mm-hmm. week, how we had a bit of concerns yeah. with going down the clock with Montreal until Schoen caught his touchdown. So this week we kind of got back closer to that. Also, uh, shout out, to, you know, we talked about 11-1. Can we talk about that one point for a second? Sure. <laughs> the the, the yeah. Sheehan, the Sheehan punt and he's kicking it. He gets it uses. I don't think I've ever seen the pylons used outside of a touchdown. And I know the CFL has the rouge, but like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen the ball hit the, the pylon and that counted for the point. And that yeah. broke the shutout. That doesn't happen. It's 11, nothing after one quarter, but it was 11, one because of that play. I thought it was, you know, got to give a little credit where it's due, man. That was a, that was a nice play. So, I had some people like text in the bonfire hotline, 204-816-TIPS, 816-8477. Call or text anytime. Leave a a voicemail or text. I'll I'll, I'll get back to you. I don't know if I'll answer your voicemail. I'll be honest. Unless if it's really, really, really good, I might even play it on air. But Joey, like some people are saying this punter, what's his deal? He's not a good punter. Don't watch the, the, the technique or the football. Watch the results. And sometimes it goes out of bounds, but I've been watching him in practice. He does this thing where he like looks to the right, kicks it to the left. It like sidewinders towards the left sideline and then bounces the opposite way you would expect it to back into the field of play. He's, he's putting English. He might be Australian, but he's putting English on a little Commonwealth on, on the ball. The, the sense of excitement with that play, I would, I'd give it the equivalent of hitting like a 60 foot putt, but you know, having to read the green, like not a dead on putt. Like that's what it felt like. It went wide to the right. And then all of a sudden he's just towing the line, the sideline, towing it, towing it. And then boom, it, it hit the, uh, hit the pylon. And even I'm sitting there I'm like, does that count? Cause like it is kind of out of bounds, but it hit the pylon. So same way when the ball hits the pylon uh, on offense. Right. You know, if yeah. like Rashid Bailey with that diving touchdown last year, 
uh, Rob Ong, the Blue Bombers uh, uh, photographer, one of their photographers, uh, got an amazing photo of it where he's like airplane stretched out uh, and and reaches for the pylon. Same deal with the punt. You know, that, that's inbounds. That is in the end zone. And, uh, you know, uh, away they go. Um, I wanted to, you mentioned Pat Newfeld. So look, I, I've got a whole bunch of video highlights to share on the show tonight. And uh, don't worry. Oh, do not fret. Your favorite man, Zach Schnitzer, will join us momentarily. He expects to be home from the game in just a few minutes. Um, but let, let's get through the, the crappy stuff first, Joey, and then yeah, we'll get into it. the good stuff. So you mentioned Pat Newfeld, And uh, early in the game, Winnipeg's offensive line did not have a, a great outing. Um, just uh, here's the early sack from James Vodders. But you watch the offensive line. They just yeah, got completely overpowered. Easy. Watch it again here. Yeah. Completely overpowered. That's Jeff Gray. That's Liam Dobson. That's uh, Chris Kolinkowski going from the left to the right. Uh, Pat Newfeld. It, it was it was a tough one in, in a lot of ways. And here's another one. This one later in the game. I think this is the one. Yep. Here is uh, Mike Rose, who, man. Mike Rose is a player. He's impressive, watch, eh? Watch this again. He's right in the middle. And he just gives Pat Newfeld this hand check. Yep. Watch him. He's at left defensive tackle. Gives Pat Newfeld the hands, and then he's he's through. He's home. And the beauty of that is you look at Zach Kolaris in that play. He is so concerned about the guys coming on the edge that he almost doesn't see the guy come straight up the middle. Like he's trying to get away from the edge rusher. And then he gets pumped right down the middle. But that's because of Rose's effort right there. Like that, that is such a nice move and not, nice effort too. Like, but well, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> like that's like when, you know, push comes to shove, you ha can't let a guy come up the middle like that and pop your quarterback. Like, no, I mean, but it does happen. Like it shouldn't happen, it does, yeah. but, but it does but happen. Had, the other team's playing times. too. I, I tell Bombers fans all that, that all the time, Joey, the other team's playing to win. You know, mm -hmm. you can't, it, it's not like when, like, I know Winnipeg has all your heroes out there. I understand, but a whole city in Alberta has their heroes on the field too. And, uh, Mike Rose is really good. Um, yeah. he's a double team machine. He takes on double teams all day long and then comes home with, you know, all-star bonus money. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, James Vodders with a couple sacks, uh, in this game, I'm glad we got those kind of out of the way. Uh, let, yeah. let's look at some of the good that we saw and early in the game, I'm going to make sure I, I, I tee this up nice. And by the way, big hat tip to uh, the CFL and to TSN for uh, this footage because, uh, well, you know, we, we, we couldn't see it without them. But uh, where was it? Let, let me tee this up right. So Winnipeg is down 11 to four after Sergio Castillo hits a 47-yard field goal. And man, he is good. I have a note from Judy Owen of the Canadian Press. Castillo's 47-yard field goal, that made it 11-4. It's his ninth straight this season, extends his active streak to 19 consecutive field goals made, going back to September 16th last season when he was with Edmonton. Uh, Calgary, um, yeah, led 11-4 at that point in the second quarter. And following that, um, the Calgary Stampeders, uh, had a three play drive 
it was halted by a Willie Jefferson sack. I'm pretty sure it should have been credited. Maybe it will be with the corrections in the PDF tomorrow from CFL uh, Stats Central. But Jackson Jeffcoat was Dude, just yeah. a rocket off the right edge. Even, uh, even that, right? That like, I, I was I was looking at like half sacks. Like, you know, I felt like Jeffcoat and Jefferson, like that was a nice combo sack. And that yeah. is a quarterback's worst nightmare against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The two guys you like, you know, you're worried about them one man a piece having yep. them come at you together, that has to be a scary thing as a quarterback in any league, whether it's a CFL, NFL, XFL, I don't care where you're playing. You have those two guys coming at you, look out. Well, and, and gosh, Willie, but... Willie Jefferson, who joined me on uh, Bonfire Midweek this week. That was an uh, awesome show, by the way. I that, really enjoyed that. He was That great. was so much fun. So much yeah. fun. Will, Willie Jefferson is just pure entertainment, man. We talked about basketball. We talked about him growing I like, up I like in that. Beaumont, Texas, East Texas. Uh, you know, we, we didn't get into him playing wide receiver in college, but a lot of people don't know that that was my fault because I had it in the tip of my mind and I never asked him. Um, but you know, we, we could have gone for 30 minutes. We didn't, uh, but maybe, maybe someday, uh, Willie was awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, you can find it in my Twitter feed. Um, uh, but it is on YouTube right around 15, 15 minutes into bonfire midweek this past week. And if you're having trouble finding it, uh, it is, um, well, yeah, it's from Wednesday night. You'll, you'll find it. A new segment but, on the show, Willie Wednesdays. Oh, hey, there you go. I like there it. There we go. Um, but following that field goal that brought Winnipeg, uh, you know, got Winnipeg some points, some like legit points. No offense, Jam. Beautiful punt. Jammers. But uh, it was, uh, you know, at the time, just an absolutely monster play. And Dog. there's Zach Kolaris dropping back and dropping it in for Greg McRae. This guy is electric. This guy has wheels. And Greg McRae is so versatile. When Janarian Grant goes down to injury, McRae comes in and has a 102-yard missed field goal return right down to Calgary's doorstep and Winnipeg was effectively in control from there. When Zach Schnitzer joins us in just a minute, we're going to get into your bonfire burning point and the rest, but it, it's worth another look. Kolaris, like just a little, little playful pump fake there. And then what I tweeted at the time, Joey was my Buck Pierce voice. Hey, Zach, just, just throw it up there and let Greg go get it. And that's what he did. <laughs> Cause look at this. Was look a, at this play one more time. That easy pitch and catch. And see number... that's and that's the other thing too. Going back to the offensive line, you give him a little protection, right? Like yeah. you know that was one play where he had it and he took full advantage of it. And good thing he did because he wasn't getting it all night. But no, that was that was a great play. McCray was. I don't know what it is with this team and its receivers. It just kind of seems to work out with these guys. <laughs> Like, you know, you mm -hmm. lose somebody or, you know, Kenny Lawler leaving, then not being able to play the first part of this season. And, you know, you got the Dalton Shones. Now you got Greg McRae to worry about. And, you know, what? going back to that, uh, that missed field goal return. Mm -hmm. uh, I first off, great play. And because the first thing I thought when Janarian Grant went down was, man, that sucks. Like, that's an irreplaceable guy, right? Like, whoever comes yeah. in tough for them because, you know, you just can't meet that expectation. On the first freaking timeout, <laughs> he goes out, runs under two yards. I'm like, what? Like, where do they find these guys? Like, I didn't know Greg McRae was capable of that. On that note, 
I also think it shows because, you know, he ran out of gas like 100 percent, which just goes to show how special Janarian Grant is that Mm -hmm. he can make plays you know multiple times a season sometimes multiple times a game you yeah. know where he's making some mind-blowing play and we just kind of take it for granted but McCray's a great athlete and you said he is very fast but to run that length of the field dodge that many people and take that many blocks it just goes to show how special Grant is and you know he obviously hope we don't know the extent of the injury if he's uh you know I'm sure hope he's back sooner than later because he's so fun to watch but um you know if he's gone, that's a big hole to fill. And, uh, you know, you, there's kind of lightning in a bottle maybe there. I don't know if McCray's got the grant magic, but it was it was something to see on his first time out in that position. Well, he, he's got a little bit of magic. There, there's no doubt about that. And I'm just pulling it up here. I want to make sure uh, we can watch this right now because it's 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 this good. And then we're going to bring in uh, Schnitzi, who is uh, waiting patiently. Here is the 47-yard field goal attempt from Rene Paradis. Okay. And there's McCray on the left hash. Two, mm-hmm. three yards deep in the end zone. Okay, I'm gonna run by Ryan Sevier. There's Micah Awe. No, no way, Micah Awe. And at this point, you're like, okay, running out of gas. Stumble right there at midfield. But he He's finds a going. way to keep it going. And whoop. Down he is taken by uh, I think that's Julian Hauser. So a defensive lineman running that distance to, to track him down. Number nine. Well, after uh, the tackle too, crazy. if this comes back up, look at his, like when he goes after the tackle, the guy who tackled him almost looks like defeated. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe I caught him. Like there's like that little sense of like, de- like, man, the chase is over on the field after he took him down. It yeah. was so funny. But right here, this is where I was like, okay, he's coming down right here. This is where I thought he's coming down. Like yep. all that traffic. When he busted through that, I'm like, look man. at Derek Wigan, the defensive right? tackle. But look at this tackle here. Watch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got him. And we'll just wait till after his son. Oh, like, yeah. you know, I don't think that's injured. That's like, <laughs> oh man. I just, like, how did he get so far? It's just like, I kind of laughed when I saw that reaction to it. That's, uh, uh, that was a heck of a return. So it's time for my favorite part of the show. Hey, Schnitzi. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, gentlemen? Let me fix your camera. Oh. You stay right there. You no, stay no, right I'm there. No, no, I'm fixing it myself. I could do it all by myself. <laughs> You can. You can do it all by yourself. You look hey, great. Hey, Darren, did you know that Schnitzi and I went for lunch today? Where did oh, you go? Oh, yeah, baby. Well, we went to this little place I heard of around the bonfire called Shannon's Irish Pub and Eatery. Oh, is that right? Oh, we had the we had the boar burger and boar and venison. They combined them. <laughs> they combined so them done. and put them in a burger patty. I oh, my God, it was good. Here. I plan to come here and give you like the best, most elegant chef's review I could, and I can't. Just blew my mind. It was so good. Oh my the god! Blueberry it, it, compote was compoting yeah, hard. Smoked cheddar. It was. Oh. Uh, we we both were both very responsible. We got a side salad. We didn't even go for the chips. <laughs> yeah, you know, we watching were. the waistline, and the salad was also good, buddy. I didn't we want to be bloated you. for tonight. You know? I I tried yeah. to tell you guys. I've been trying to tell everybody. The food there is so good. It's so yeah. good. You're like, oh, yeah, it's Irish pub. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, cool basement spot. They got everything on tap. The wood, the, uh, you know, stucco walls, like the old school whitewashed stucco walls, the wood, the atmosphere, all of that. Right. Little little corner booths in the back, like really cool, eclectic space. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's a nice little pub. The food is so good. Like yeah, they're really pub is. classics. 
I've been, I've been going on and on like their burgers, their, their fries, their wedges, the, um, you know, the, the, the wings are, I've said it over and over again, like so, so good. But then like you can explore this menu and really be surprised. They start opening, uh, they've started opening as you guys were there Fridays for lunch, uh, game day specials, as you saw jets home and away bombers home and away. Uh, they, uh, you, you gotta check them out. Shannon's is awesome. Yeah. It was good. Can't, the beer was good on that burger for sure. That was, mm-hmm. that was good. But like, just make sure tips though, don't wear white or stainable colors because the blueberry compote, it compotes right out of the bun. And so if you're not careful, you'll be wearing some blueberry compote. And okay. uh, yeah, so, but it was like, it's worth it. They don't just sprinkle it on man. like that's the Irish pub in them. They, they put it on like you were getting your money's worth for sure well, on that burger. I'm already oh. regretting that I wasn't able to join you guys there today. I, I'm, oh, that's I'm your bummed. prerogative, man. But, yeah, uh, you're being so responsible, Darren, yeah. getting to work on time, things like that. Well, because everybody is generally leaving work at five o'clock on Friday. I am packing up and going to work at five o'clock on Friday. Yeah. Got a cup of coffee. I'm headed to the stadium. Uh, and, and that's where I was, uh, you know, giving you guys a little bit of content on YouTube shorts and uh, Instagram uh, stories and, and Twitter and the rest. Um Talking about Diedrich Mills and man, it looked like the story early on, didn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, he he scared the living crap out of me in that first. He looked order. like a wild boar. <laughs> yeah, he. There you go. He was yeah, like and and not necessarily one you'd want in your burger, right? Because he'd probably run down your throat and kick you in the stomach. But he was uh, he was running wild. He must have had what seventy yards in the first quarter, but then, but hey, Dan. And he had the then they had the touchdown, but then you know as the game went on, we seemed to get a handle on Mister Mills. And I got to tell you guys, it, it's Dave Dickinson coming off the bye, right? Very smart coach, and he must have seen something in the film room where he knew he could exploit our run defense because it was right out of the gate, and he was gassing and smashing us with the run game with Diedrich Mills who, by the way, is like the third string running back on that team. Like, how mm. deep are they in running back? What, Peyton yeah. Logan number two or Peyton yeah. Logan more of the returner? Peyton Logan more of the uh, change of pace Greg McRae guy. All right. But fair enough. But, but you're right. They're down two running backs, and and there's yeah. there's there's this dude who's a freaking stud. It's Yeah, it's no, I was, I was impressed, but it didn't surprise me that they came out hot against the Bombers. Um, because you know, you give Dave Dickinson two weeks to prepare. Um, he, he's good off the bye, but I credit to Dedrick Mills, but I was happy that we were able to shut it down as the game went on. Were you concerned with the pass protection and the, you know, blown assignments or whatever it is? Maybe it was just physicality from Calgary's defensive line that were pushing Kolonkowski and Newfeld and Gray and Hardrick and Liam Dobson and, and Stanley Bryan around at times. I wasn't super concerned about it. I know I'm seeing people on the chat are pretty concerned and it may have just been my vantage point, but we gave up three sacks, which you don't want to give up three sacks, but they're a good D line. They are like uh, Mike Rose is a, was an all-star. He's a stud. Who else is on there? Derek Wigan, James, James Waters had a pair. 
He yeah. had a couple of sacks. He's he's NFL talent. He played for the Bears. Like yeah. they've got a good D years, line. Yeah. They get paid too. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm not super concerned about it. If if it had happened in Montreal too, then I'd be okay. That's three games in a row. But I guess we'll see. We'll see. But other D lines get paid. Yeah, I think the the concerning part is just that it's it's happening more often now. Like I think yeah. we've been treated to the last few years where they were just so dominant, uh, you know, and you didn't see Zach getting a lot of pressure. Where you're seeing that pressure now, and I mean, we're talking in relative terms, right? I mean, this is still one of the best teams in the league. This is just their weak spot. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a concerning weak spot compared to other teams. But you know what? The standard that the Bombers have kind of put themselves up to now, this to me, it's like it is a little concerning because you don't want Zach running around. You don't want to see people, you know, other defensive lines as good or bad as they may be uh, getting to them. But the other thing, too, is the run game is like you can't establish a run game if it's out of sync, which you saw as the game went on, especially in that third quarter. It's like, something clicked right so that's where the concern kind of goes for away from me because as the game went on it got stronger and they built that lead and then they were able to put that 10 minute drive together where you know brady Oliveira got most of his yards in that one drive and that secures the win right so as like you know i'll say it's it's concerning but like relatively speaking in terms of when we talk about the bombers and their strengths and weaknesses right now i'd say their o-line is probably just one of the weaker spots on the on the lineup right now uh let me, let me pose this question to you guys. Um, Winnipeg sluggish start on offense. And a lot of people are going to be criticizing the offensive line or the offense as a whole as Mike O'Shea is adamant. You know, it's not just on those guys up front. It's, it's on everybody, the quarterback, the receivers. Um, you have to be assignment sharp. Guys can miss blocks all over the place uh, or, or be in the wrong spot. But my question is, should we have concern for a Blue Bombers offensive line when Zach Kolaris is the quarterback? He's the best player in the league. He's the MOP times two last two seasons. Um, and you want to protect him. But late in the game, your offensive line, your offense as a whole, are able to put together a nine minute, 43 second drive that, you know, goes 10 plays. Uh Am I getting that right? Oh, sorry. 15 plays, 15 yeah. plays, 943. It goes 96 yards. A little chip shot field goal for, for Surge, and he remains perfect uh, on the season. Like, should there be concern when your offensive line can do that? That's what I'm Three saying. It's like the. Three yeah. Yeah, but that, and that's what I'm saying, right? Is like they came together, like that was vintage bombers. And that's kind of what we've been used to for years now, right? Is that these long drives, I mean, not 10 minutes, but you know, these drives that are, you know, turning first downs, turning first downs and, you know, often even getting touchdowns like this led to a field goal. And part part of me was like, man, you went all that way, went through all of this for three points, you know, when you got to, what was it? I think it was first and goal when they got to, and then they, they had the Prukop. Yeah. On second and second and goal, uh, where Prukop and Oliveira kind of like Oliveira slips on a block and, you know, then he yeah. doesn't bring it in and that leads to the touchdown, uh, which I, yeah, I don't know. I thought, I don't know. I thought maybe to keep Kolaris in on that one, I didn't think it was short yardage enough and maybe try to make a play, right. Whether it's finding a receiver or truly setting up Oliveira, like he brought you all that way. Uh, so I don't know if that was a miscommunication or just a creative play call because there was so much Oliveira action, but I just thought, you know, I'd, 
probably would have just, you know, not that I'm the coach or anything and I don't want to be like armchair coach, but it just kind of seemed to me, it's like, you know, you want the guys that are bringing you the way. Right. So he brought you all the way down the field, give him one more shot to punch it in. And if it doesn't go in, take the field goal, or maybe then you're a yard and maybe then you go for that short yardage, you know, jump over the line kind of play. But yeah, I, I thought, not really saying it was terrible. I just was kind of, I was shocked when I saw like, oh, you know, you're still seven yards out or whatever it was. But anyway, it was a really good drive though. And that's where I say like, it's relative concern. Like it's just, that was the bombers all the time for a while. It seemed like, and you might have one or two slips, you know, where he got pressured or there was like a dangerous sack situation. It's just in the last few games, it's happening more and more and they're not scoring as much in these last few games either. Uh, yeah. My boy Fritchie, what's going on, Fritchie? Watching live on YouTube. Shout out to everybody in the live chat. What's going on? Uh, great crowd, big number tonight. Uh, not just uh, Winnipeg's uh, uh, 24-11 win, but uh, big number uh, in uh, watching live on on YouTube and Facebook and the rest. But my boy Fritchie, good to see you. Uh, it seems like Zach just has less time this year overall. Zach Schnitzer, do you have less time this year overall? <laughs> I do. I do. My son's getting older. He's a, he's an animal. He's a wild animal. I was telling uh, Slaughter about this over lunch. Slaughter. But uh, hey, he right was there slaughtering screen, that man. burger. We were both slaughtering that burger. Um, was it, is it, is it just me, gentlemen? Or did Buck Pierce use a lot of play action tonight? Oh my goodness. I saw, and I was wondering because he didn't really set up the run in the first half. Like there was nothing going there. There I, wasn't even a whole lot of running the I ball. Think they, I think they tried to, I think they tried to get the run game going and it just wasn't there. Yeah. And then the play action is probably an operation of the pressure that they're getting. Yeah. Right. So as the game went on, I think the run game improved because the play action was happening exactly. and, and the defense, you know, Micah Awe and Cam Judge, like outstanding linebackers. Titus yeah. Wall as the dime backer, the DB in the, in the box, you know, those guys have to watch so closely, whether it's run or yeah. pass. And um, I think as the game goes on, you use play action effectively. They start moving the ball downfield. Then it's okay, guys, let, let's just go punch them in the throat. But I, I love that because it's it's so creative. It, it, it's such a brilliant adjustment by Buck Pierce. The run game isn't working and you're giving up a lot of pressure. And so I think, hey, let's use play action to set up the run. Like how mm -hmm. smart is that? It's usually the other way around. Well, usually, it, one, it's like chicken or the egg, right? Yeah, I've been well, well, you... I've been impressed with this call in the last two games. To be totally yeah. honest, like we talked about this last or yeah last week too at the Montreal game. Like it just felt that. You know, like that was a game where I don't know if that was the total game plan going in, but you adapt to the conditions and to what's working, you know, and we talked about, you know, last year getting Rashid ba or last year, last week, getting Rashid Bailey in on the run yeah. game and things like that. Like, yeah, you got to give Buck, Buck a lot of uh, a lot of credit there because he has put together some uh, couple of really good games and games where things weren't clicking totally right uh, especially this game like we talked about that the the first half issues with the offensive line but like you said man you bait them bait them bait them and then you set it up and once everything was clicking it worked out really well oh yeah uh i want to uh pull up something here guys that uh was was just a heck of a lot of fun to watch and uh hit up the comments, whether you're watching this afterwards or uh, even if you're on podcast, but if you're in the live chat right now, hit up the comments about, uh, you know, how you guys feel about uh, some video highlights here on, on game day after dark. This play was, 
You know, awesome. This is the Houston interception. The way he that's, climbs that's the That's my turning point. Yeah, I think we should get into it uh, on the uh, the bonfire burning point. I don't know what you're talking about, Joey, with that, that letter T word or whatever you said. It's the bonfire <laughs> burning point. But uh, great <laughs> pressure up front. Celestin Habba taking two guys off the uh, off the right edge. Uh, and then Demario Houston here. I'm just going to jump back to it. Demario Houston. That is an athletic play. Yeah. Let's see if he I climbs can a ladder, freeze right? frame it. I know that's yeah. blurry as heck. Great that freeze is a, framing, by the way. That is a straight up and down blue streak. And that is Demario Houston with the blue pants, the blue jersey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers getting up there. And look at the ball. That's not in his arms. That's in his hands. He yeah. is fully extended. But that was badly uh, overthrown. And, and making like, that play. Like, but that was a that was not a great throw. Like, you know, not taken away from the play at all. But that play doesn't happen like if you're anywhere near your receiver. My goodness. Agreed. Not a good throw to the receiver, but it but was a an very great ball. play defensively. Yeah, I know. Like this was but, just like cool. Look look at the real estate here, right? <laughs> yeah. This is this is that's an incompletion over Mark and Michelle, right? Yeah. But Houston just does a great job getting his hands on the ball. And 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 this is the thing, guys. Demario Houston has just had a nose for the ball all season. Yeah, you know? he's he's been picked up loose change here. Like he's how many fumble recoveries does this guy have? Yeah, like a couple two or here. three, four. I wish I had stats. I wish I had league stats. No, yeah, I don't, I but nor- normally I would be like, okay, guys, l- l- let's take a look at the live stats, and and that's what we would do. We would do this. You know, let's have a look. Okay, let's go to the defense. Boom. But on the season, I don't think uh, we we can we can do that as of yet. But we will. Uh, Adam Big Hill, seven defensive tackles, uh, not quite a game high. Micah Awe had ten as the middle linebacker. Well, no doubt when Brady Oliveira is just punching it down your throat, your middle linebacker is going to get a t- a ton of tackles. I thought the Calgary Stampeders went after Adam Big Hill tonight. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, well, we had this conversation beforehand, uh, Darren. Like, I, I thought, you know, he inspired, you know, like in terms of he was really active around the line of scrimmage. Like, he was a pit bull today. Not that he's, you know, ever soft or anything like that, but there just seemed to be a little more pep in his step. I mean, a couple of mistakes. Like, there was that one. I can't remember. Uh, there was one pass. Uh, yeah, Meyer made. It was, like, up the middle. And kind of seemed like he was a little out of position, uh, but they did target him quite a bit. But I mean, in he took care of business. I mean, seven tackles. I mean, this guy was not, like, he was where the ball needed to be, but he was making the tackles he needed to make. But man, he was, I thought Whoa. he was good tonight. What happened? I don't know how that happened. Whoa, what's going oh, on there, Darren? <laughs> you, you... I'm, I'm, I'm just playing around with the software. So special teams tackles. Can we highlight this one here? Um, Brian Cole. Yeah, three. His his Pretty best good. game is a bomber, I think. Mm-hmm. He made an impact. Well, and and they well, it, it it ended up being overturned, but he picked up the fumble on the mm-hmm. uh on the kick return. Yeah. Uh, was it Beeksma that caused that fumble or uh, apparent fumble? The new uh, linebacker, but uh yep. yeah, there he, he is there. Brian, Brian Cole was uh was really good tonight on special teams. Yeah, he he really was. Um, and and you know what? We'll we'll get into a lot more of this when we get into the game balls. Uh, your happy honker, your Westy wide to the right. 
your bonfire burning point, I think is probably where we'll start before Walby's Warriors. So uh, let, what do you guys got? Was the Houston interception the bonfire burning point tonight, turning the tides in the Bombers' favor? Yeah, for me, it was only because, you know, he got that. Not only did he make the interception and we saw how impressive it was, he brings it up to half, like to the midfield, right? Uh, puts the Bombers in good position. And I believe that was the one that led to the uh, to the McRae touchdown, was it not? I think that was it, the... It led to the... Um, Bailey. Yeah, it led to the touchdown by Rashid Bailey. Or Bailey, sorry. Yeah, Bailey. Yeah. So like so that... Seven like, play, 54-yard scoring drive. Yeah, so it led like that. That turns the game around, kind of puts it out of, out of the way, and that's about the time where you feel like, okay, we're like you know, not cruise control, but you kind of got that vintage bombers. They're gonna walk away with the win. So for me, it's the turning point, just because. Not to say they had the a what? lot going on. Whoa, that's a turning, turning point, point. Slaughter. It's a burning point. I've got gather around a bonfire. Tonight. I don't know what it is. You're still you're still a rookie here, Joey. We're gonna call you out. We're gonna call you out, man. We're gonna call you out. Got the, uh, the burning point. It was my burning point. Burn. Incendiary. Uh, you you agree, Zach? Was <laughs> oh that the burning point? yeah, burning point for sure. The game was tied at that point. The game was tied eleven eleven. Mm, yes, it was. He gets the pick. Uh, they march it down. Uh, finish it off with a beautiful fake to Oliveira, and then he just tosses it to a wide open Bailey again. Nobody in the same fake. area code. Nobody oh, in the area. And actually, it fooled me and a couple of people in my section. We were all looking at Oliveira. Uh, we didn't even see the ball go there, and then he was wide open. So you had the you had the touchdown there, and uh, by Rashid Bailey, and then uh, a few plays later, you had the McRae missed uh, field goal return. So it really turned the game on its head. So I'll be contrarian for contrarian's sake, and I will say it's it was the it was the the Paradis missed field goal. That missed field goal, That if he had hit that field goal, and, and let's remember who we're talking about here. We're talking about Rene Paradis, okay? This guy's been yeah. doing it at an incredibly high level for a decade. He is outstanding. One of the best Canadians to ever play in the CFL. He really is. Yeah, um, that's fair. That, that, that's, a, that's a whole conversation because, oh, you a kicker? Come on. You know, Troy Westwood leads the leads the Blue Bombers uh, scoring all time, right? Six, Mr. 661, 661 straight chip shot converts. Uh, but if Paradis hits that 47 yard field goal, it's a four point ball game. It's 1814 yeah. early in the fourth quarter. Like that is a completely different situation. And yes, yeah. the 102 yard return needed to happen to get it to the Calgary 13. Um and, and a couple plays later, you know, uh, I, I don't have them charted exactly what they were, but, you know, three plays, two yards, Castillo from 17 yards out to go up 21-11. That's my bonfire burning point, the missed field goal. And yes, of course, I think Winnipeg got a lot of momentum from that 102-yard return. Uh, yeah. th- that's a highlight I think we're going to be talking about at the end of the year. Well, that's the other thing too, right? Like that was a sure three points for Calgary that turned into three points for Winnipeg. Like again, would have been nice if you got the touchdown yeah. after a play like that. But I mean, you take the points that you get, right? So, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's still like you know, in a weird way, it kind of adds to six. Like you went negative three to positive, like to plus three on your side, right? So, what would have been a, like not a deficit, but three that deficit would have been cut down to you and now it at three points because of that yeah. play. So, I wouldn't argue that at all. I think that's a a great burning point. Burning point two point <laughs> Wait, the, you're telling the, the new guy is calling my burning point the 2.0? Oh, 
What it is happened going later, on? Sequentially this guy? speaking. What sequentially is going on here? Joey, you know what? I'm going to have to come, come here, on. I'm going to assert myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I'm going to have to come on your Winnipeg Sea Bears podcast yeah. with Taylor Allen and 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 start you know start giving you the gears. Oh, I would I would love that. That would be an honor if Darren Bombing came on our podcast Dude. and gave us the gears. Bomber, you you're a Sea Bears legend. You're like one of the voices legend. of the Sea Bears. You bring the roar to the bear. <laughs> of course, you're gonna be on the. On you the, set the uh, tone of the score. den. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I I the den. Get out of my that. den. The den. The den in this Churchill. This is my den. You are in your den. <laughs> I I am kind of in my den, man cave. Den. I yeah. I yeah. No, I have I have so much fun at at the Sea Bears games. Uh, they got a big game coming up on July 11th. Uh, Joey, maybe you know who they're they're playing it against, but it's a yeah. national game on TSN it's against Saskatchewan, the Rattlers. Oh, so there you go. Kind of and, like, and I'm guessing yeah. they're gonna have a pretty handsome uh, sideline reporter for that game. I hear, yeah, I hear a handsome sideline reporter. I know that not they there. called me randomly one day, guys, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to be a Sea Bears <laughs> sideline reporter?" No, I'm see, like, I don't. I don't even get that game, Darren, because I it's the national broadcast, so I, oh. I get to go there as a spectator. So yeah, they will probably have a handsome sideline reporter. You're right. <laughs> I'm not. You know what? I'm I'm not working that game either, so I'm going to be going as a spectator. Oh, buddy, we're going to have a time. Well, the three let's of us should go as a spectator, let's do it. dude. Because that's my only time I'll be able to watch a game as a spectator. Like I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. And the one thing I will say, um, with that atmosphere, kind of the coolest thing when you're at the court level and you could probably you might agree with me Darren I'm not sure but like getting it from the press box like you know when there's the Jets who have more fans and they're you know upset with the refs and you hear it you're like you kind of look around from our vantage point like oh yeah they're upset right. like I can feel it but when you are down there and it's all funneling down <clears throat> on you like this from each end like I was like wow and there's like half the people not even half probably that you get at a jets game and like the atmosphere in there like how loud and hostile it can get like yeah yeah it's it's the real deal man it's a lot of fun and yeah it's for fun. the podcast yeah. it's called target score weekly it's on everything now for sure apple podcast uh spotify iHeartRadio, uh app amazon music whatever you name it it's there uh cool. and yeah it's called target score weekly so we tyler and i every week kind of break down the games that were uh, look at the games that are coming up. And in this week's episode, we actually did an all-time all-Canadian draft. So we did all the Canadian players, not necessarily in the NBA, but most of them were in the NBA. Nice. Uh, and we did a starting five plus a sixth man. So yeah, it's it's pretty fun. So if there's some of your viewers out there that are getting into the Sea Bears thing and you want a little extra content, it starts with a podcast and uh, we're hoping to branch out a little bit from there. But uh, no, we have a lot of fun doing it, man. It's so much fun talking about that team. Just like it's so much fun talking about this team. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, uh, I'm coming on. I'm I'm going to chirp you big time. I like Taylor. I don't know well, about you. That's good because I kind of chirp Taylor a little bit on our podcast. So we well, can okay. we can even it out a little we'll, bit. We'll Do I have to know anything about on. basketball to come on the show too? Oh, not necessarily. If we can get a, Zach, a local been, celebrity on our Zach, show, you don't need to know anything. <laughs> Schnitzy, you've been on, you've been at tons of Sea Bears games. I've, I've gone to a couple Sea Bears games. Yeah. I, I, I think love you, it. You know more than the average sea bear. I'm more. <laughs> I I want to I want to take a shot from the dot. That's what I want to do. You want to win see a this little five six man come out and they'll be like this guy isn't getting it and I'll just one hand it over my head like a javelin and it'll be legendary. Well, and then you get what like a, a free vacation if you hit it. 
Yeah, where, where is the vacation to? Like, uh, uh, I think it's what, like what anywhere they fly. Miami, Manitoba. Sure. Miami, Manitoba. Yeah, you want to go <laughs> watch the Super Bowl in Miami? Get on the bus. Uh, Walby's Warrior. Who oh, yeah. went to war tonight and goes home with the honor of uh, Walby's Warrior? And of course, I, I have to do the sound effect because it's it's so yeah, cheesy and to. hilarious, but it's become yes, a, a thing. You have to, Derek. Okay. Chris Walby loves let, reggae. Let me let me start with Walby's Warrior. I I gotta give it to a guy who was a huge part of that 10 plus minute drive or almost 10 minute drive that really um, just, just put the foot on the throat of the Calgary Stampeders. And that was Brady Oliveira. I don't know how many rush yards he had in that drive boys, but it must've been like at least 60 and uh, he just added to a nice tidy sum uh you know, he had 73 yards on 15 carries, 4.9 average, large of 19. Uh, and then in the receiving game, he he was a, a great release valve. He had a, a second down conversion, even five targets, five catches for 37 yards, yak of 32 yards. So he's he made things happen in the past game when when the Bombers really needed him to. And, and for me, he is my warrior because he's a battering ram. He just mm-hmm. he doesn't wait for contact. He meets it out and he dishes it out, just like uh, the burgers were dished out this afternoon. Uh, just he, might, he might be leading the league in yards after contact. Like he like embraces it. Like that's where he's really starting to shine for me is through that. Like I, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I would actually, uh, there's a few people and like, yeah, I have a few options for the warrior of the game, but I think I'm going to go with Adam Big Hill for this one, just because of everything nice. we talked about. Right. Um, I can't imagine playing through that emotion and, uh, you know, um, just days was like, is it 10 days since his dad passed away and, uh, whatever it was, but it's, yeah, like to go out there with the heavy heart and, uh, you know, and, and play as inspired as you had. And we heard him on the post game there, Darren, um, you know, he seemed pretty fired up and he talked about what it meant, you know, to what his dad meant to him and things like that. And, you know, seven tackles, uh, you know, you can chalk it up any way you want you know he's he stopped the play seven times he looked aggressive at the line of scrimmage you know he he wanted to make things happen tonight and uh you know it's and that's saying a lot because this is a guy that gives everything all the time and you know doesn't do uh doesn't have terrible games uh or doesn't hold back in any way so when you see that little extra sauce you know there's something special there Uh, i thought he played great all things considered um so i have to give my warrior to him that's a that's a great choice like a really really great choice i I was, I'm with you. I'm going to give it to to Adam Big Hill as well, because I think, you know, everybody in the Big Hill circle, you know, the family, his friends, his teammates, everyone that's really close to him. I I want to share this about Adam Big Hill, okay? Uh, I've been covering this league for over a decade now, like every day, uh, off season and regular season. I don't think... I have been more impressed with an individual than I have been with Adam Big Hill. And I told him that in the Blue Bombers locker room, like on an open locker room day, like, I don't know, maybe his first season, because I, you know, I'd heard a lot about him. I would watched him from afar when he was in BC. 
um, you know, talked to a lot of people that, that covered him and, and, and know him well, uh, you know, during his time with the BC lions and what they shared with me. And then I got to see him interact with his teammates, interact with the media, the way he spoke, the things like, like how he decided to share, you know, his insight on triumph, his insight on defeat, his insight on teammates, work, approach, perspective, all these things, right? Uh, and and I, I I walked up to him one day, you know, just like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, look, I'm like, Adam, I, I just felt it was appropriate for me to say, I don't think I've ever been as impressed with a guy in my, uh, in, in my life. And, you know, him and I aren't far apart in age, uh, but I've talked to a lot of athletes and I've seen a lot of football and I've talked to a lot of media people that have covered this league and, and talked to countless coaches and, and players and staffers and the rest from what I've seen in Adam Big Hill and from what I've heard from others that are close to him. Uh, he is one of the most outstanding people you could imagine. And to read about him losing his father this week to, um, hear him speak about it on TSN after the game tonight and, and, and other places. Uh, you know that a huge reason for all of that is his father and mm -hmm. the influence he had on raising him and shaping him into the, the man he is. Uh, I remember flying to the Grey Cup in Calgary. So before the Bombers had won a Grey Cup, 2019, right? It's like four or five days before the game. And just by happenstance... <clears throat> I'm sitting on the plane with like th three seats on the left side of the plane. It's me on the window because I like the window. Christina Big Hill, Adam's wife in the middle and Adam on the aisle so he can stretch his legs out. Right. Because, you know, he just played in the West final and uh, on the road and now, you know, go going to the Grey Cup. And he ended up winning most outstanding defensive player that year, right? So he's got the haircut, he's got the suit, he, he's all business, right? And just the most genuine down to earth people. And like, I'm fully aware that I'm a media guy, you know, like, do they want to talk to me? Do I, should I talk to them? You know, because this is their time, like it's their, that's their private life, right? I, I don't want to encroach on that uh, for a lot of people, especially, you know, guys with his wife, right? And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a business trip. Um, and as we took off, super rare thing for me. Like I don't fly a lot, but I've, I've flown a bit. Uh, I got wicked, like dizzy, like vertigo. And I just like turned to his wife, Christina, who's just as lovely as Adam is. And I just said, I just want to let you know, I'm incredibly dizzy right now. And I'm nauseated. I'm like, like, I'm just letting you know, you know, and the way she looked at me, like she's a mother you know, three, four, she's a mother, you know, her and Adam, incredibly high character people, just the way she looked at me, put me at ease. Like she didn't really have to say anything. Uh, you know, just a small little picture of, of who the big Hills are. So, uh, really mm -hmm. feeling for, for them and then the whole family today. Yeah. And like, you know, just to piggyback on that, to kind of support your point, like from a media standpoint, I don't know if you get a more respectful athlete than you do with Adam Big Hill. Like he always says time, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, actually, I remember uh, we had asked for him and I guess he missed them. They have like a 
a, a Bristol board or not a Bristol board, a whiteboard with their names and who wants to interview them after practice. And I uh, like, and I, we were all kind of like, oh, you know, whatever he's gone, he's gone. Nope. Yeah. He came out shirt off, made sure that he gave us full time. Didn't rush his answers. Uh, it tries to give you something insightful every time, um, you know, and still that team guy, like you can tell he's that cultural leader. He gets things going. He doesn't seem like a, like a bully or anything like that. No, he's, he's a, he's a really good guy. And you, when you, and I know a lot of you fans have met him in person too. Um, yeah. And then when you hear the stories, like total sense, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So condolences to the big hill family for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Adam big hill is a, a Walby warrior, you know, 365 a year. Oh, he's always a Walby warrior. Great yeah. picks guys. And, and condolences to his family. You know, I, yeah. I lost my dad and it, uh, it, it, especially if you're close to, to the old, to the old man, it, it, it takes a chunk out of you. I'll say that. And for him to come out and play like this, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but he's, he's, he is just a wonderful human being. He, I was uh, going through a rough time uh, last summer and a buddy of mine got him to send me a video, like a personal video on Instagram, uh, just to say, you know, we're thinking of you and, uh, um, you know, get well soon. And, uh, just, just a gem of a human being. Yeah. yeah well said. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know what, Zach, you know, uh, maybe this is a, a, a more private thing to, to say, but I'll, I'll share it with, with everybody, you know, like I've been thinking about you all this week when, you know, reading about Adam Big Hill and, and all that. And I know that's why the blue bombers are so important to you, uh, yeah. and why you have so much passion and investment in this team, because, um, you know, like Adam, you know, you and your father bonded over football and, uh, yep. yeah, Hey, that, that, that's why I love this game. That's why I love sports because it brings people together. It means a lot. Right. And yep. I think that's, that's why it's so much dang fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially uh, when I'm wearing this beautiful chain, <laughs> Hey, people were getting on me for not bringing tonight. the chain. I, 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 I give the people what they want. Okay. I'm wearing the chain. Well, the bombers gave the people what they want. 24, 11 win. They're four and one on the season. They haven't had a buy. The riders are three and one. They improved to three and one, uh, with a, a kind of hilarious win. 12, 11 oh over Edmonton. Um, the, uh, the BC lions are three and one, right? And the Winnipeg blue bombers are four and one. So we're going to re, we're going to, you know, the, the, the debate will go on. It'll rage on with the power rankings, but, uh, who do we got this week? We've got, uh, Ottawa at Hamilton tomorrow. Jeremiah Masoli mm-hmm. making that's a guy. I'm looking forward to that one. Yep. Pardon me. As I just peek off screen here, Montreal at BC, Montreal traveling across the country to BC, BC could easily be four and one as well. And yeah, well, I'm looking forward to August 4th. The Lions are coming back to Winnipeg, man. Oh, that game is going to be good. Oh, we're going to get our revenge. Trust me. Yeah. Speaking of of revenge, following Walby's warrior, we always do Westwood's wide to the right for our good friend, Troy Westwood. Uh, The segment we used to do on uh, game day, Winnipeg uh, or blue and gold game day. That's what it was on uh, TSN radio back in the day. Uh, Westwood's wide to the right. The moment in the game you guys didn't like or something to do with the game that just went wide, right? When two Calgary Stampeders ran into each other, that was... Oh, <laughs> Nick Stats. Nick Stats got stats, that's it was. loaded. I, I was like, wow. He was down for a bit, man. I know it's he not Bobbers related, but like that was... that was like 
and when there was a flag out on the play and I don't, I can't remember what the penalty was, but I actually thought for a moment that penalty came out because he thought it was a hard hit from the other team. And then <laughs> he's probably like, Oh no, that was a, that was a friendly fire. That would be my wide to the right. There's a couple of options, including the wide to the right field goal attempt. Um, but <laughs> there you go. That's a little too obvious. Uh, that one I thought was, yeah, I felt, I felt bad for stats. He, he took a, took a heater from his buddy there. Oh Yeah. My my white to the right is the penalties. Uh, we had five for 47 yards. Not horrible, but I think that's even a little high for a Mike O'Shea team. Uh, and that's a couple of weeks in a row where we've had some, you know, higher than average penalties. And the ones that really are white to the right for me are, are the ones you rarely see from this Bombers team. But it's on the kick yep. return. When you get those penalties, those holdings or illegal blocks on the kick return, it puts your offense in a huge hole. Uh, You know, you're starting on your 10, 10, 15 yard line. They even started on their seven yard line in the fourth quarter. Now, that was that epic um, 15 play drive you guys were talking about. That was almost 10 minutes that really ice the game but still it would be you don't really want to put your offense in that situation your offense has to execute at an extremely high level to get out of that hole and i just uh i i'm tired of seeing it i'm a fan i don't want to see that (laughs) and you know what if if i were to pick like a particular play like to the bombers where i would say wide to the right was uh i think it was in the first quarter yeah it had to be the first quarter uh Third down, Calgary goes for it. And home, great play to knock the pass down in the end zone. Yeah. So it's going to be a turnover on downs. But Dietrich Nickel yeah. got the uh, or Nichols got the the penalty on the other side of the field on a little fake Illegal out. Contact. Pass. Yeah. And it that uh, two plays later, Calgary touchdown, right? Well, and put him in the red zone. It was yeah, that that to me was a wide to the right play too, because that penalty was just so like could have been more costly, especially at that point in time, because that like led to the deficit being 11 points right so like there was that to me going on like just piggybacking on penalties call like that if i'm gonna narrow it down to one moment that would be my wide to the right pertaining to the bombers moment for sure see i I don't know about you joey but i can see it on zach's face right now because he knows what i'm gonna say another rookie mistake by you joey slattery you do not sully the name of the human tarpaulin and dietrich nichols on this program uh look look (laughs) you had a nice knockdown nichols hey that was tied perfectly i think it was in the third quarter oh my god we we know full well we are all champions of dietrich nichols here on bonfire sports more people need to know just how good he is joey i'm joking of course but the the reality (laughs) he's not joking he's not joking why is my screen blank (laughs) where did where did joey go i don't know he just kind of disappeared no uh uh, all, all joking aside, that illegal contact penalty is a legit penalty, okay? But it was incidental, and it it has to be called because you can't contact a receiver more than five yards downfield. So I don't even know who the receiver was, but Nichols. Oh, you know what? I can find it. Nichols um, just kind of tripped up on him. Oh, here it is, yeah. Rice and John. Well, yeah, you're good at finding no, that stuff I thought- quickly. I thought John was in the end zone. I thought it was John that was, yeah. So Rice and John is six, seven first round draft pick at Calgary a couple years ago. It's, I think this is his first start in the CFL and Evan Holm, like Michael Shea says, he's got amazing feet. Okay. 
And then you see Chris Walby on game day Winnipeg say Evan Holmes hips and the way he's able to turn his hips. So you got Michael Shea talking about his feet. You got another Hall of Famer in Chris Walby talking about his hips. And then you see him, what he's able to do with his hands. Like six foot seven, he climbs the ladder and knocks the ball. Like unbelievable play. And yeah, it's unfortunate that Dietrich Nichols gets the uh, incidental contact, uh, you know, illegal contact, but you're right. The receiver was Rice and John in the end zone. I don't know who Dietrich Nichols, I I think it might've been. I can't remember either. Might've been Mark and Michelle. It's always tough for those kinds of penalties, right? Like it just, that would have been such a a nice turn point there to, you know, they went for it. You were up to the challenge. You got a young guy like home. That's, you know, he's pretty pumped to make that stop. Yeah, and then sure. uh, then then you see the flag and, and like on the TV, you don't even see it. Right. Like it's not in frame. And then you see the flag come out and then you look at the replay and you're like, oh, and then you're right. Like the call, it's like it's a ticky tacky kind of call, but it, it is the call. Like at the end of yeah, the day, like, you got to be aware from there. And, it, you know, and that actually turned to be a touchdown when you were just getting the ball back for your offense. Yeah. And people are talking about this jet sweep. I think you're talking about the failed second and two. Is that right? Where engineering rank got hurt and John Liu at TSN reported uh, soon after that, that he would not return to the game lower body. Right. So you don't really want to run East West on a second and two. I I could see that being a little too cute. Um, You, you, you never, you never didn't, you never want to fail on a second and two or second and one. Like it's just, it should be easy money in the CFL when you're a yard off the ball. So I, that one, that one irked me as well. Yeah. Uh, my Westwood wide to the right, uh, will be the way Micah Awe was choosing to play late in the game. Um, Mm. go back and watch it. Like the guys, he's playing a little loose. He's playing a little loose when, when the game was effectively wrapped up. Uh, Perky Sanderson. I don't even know if I want to pull one of these comments up, but I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you want to. Yeah. I mean, well, you know. Perky Sanderson, this is just, here's here's an example. Not not that I want to encourage this, okay? But Bomber has no pants on right now. Uh, you're right. I have shorts on. Ooh. I have shorts on over my boxer shorts, like regular shorts. I have shorts on. Uh, but you're right. I don't have pants on. Uh, Perky enjoying do uh, I. themselves. Enjoying themselves in uh, uh, in the live chat tonight. Corn dogs. I don't think I have ever had a corn dog. Uh, I was just talking about this the other day with a cousin of mine, and we were talking <laughs> about corn dogs and like, what is a corn dog? And we we I'm both had never had a corn dog. So we call them corn- pogos here, right? Like, isn't it's that like, isn't that a corn dog? What? A what? A pogo? Like that's because we always called them right. pogos growing up. Like that's yep. a corn dog, right? Just a what? hot dog, corn batter a, on a stick. A corn dog <laughs> is a hot dog on a stick, right? Like, and uh, then it's like rolled in um rolled in like a a corn meal mixture it's like it's cornbread around a hot dog that's what it is okay that's fair also i i want to i kind of laugh at at whatever his name was that had those things up because he has the padres cores light thing on his little on his photo but what he's doing reminds me do you remember hunter pence from the san francisco giants and there was this whole thing where they would chirp him with signs where it's like you know hunter pence still lives with his mother you know <laughs> or like uh hunter pence still cuts the crusts off his sandwiches <laughs> this is, he's, he's hunter pencing you is what he's doing yeah yeah well and j- just to uh just just to cap it off here uh having fun with perky sanderson as much as they are having fun with me uh Hey, keep it respectful. We can take it. 
so, you know, no harm, no foul. Uh, everybody's welcome here on uh, Game Day After Dark and Bonfire Sports. Uh, okay, so we have got those out of the way. We need to do, oh, you know it's my favorite, the Happy Honker Award. Um, we've talked about it so many times in the past. Shout out the late, great Cactus Jack Wells. Uh, happy Honker, the moment uh, made you happy tonight. Uh, something cool, something fun. Uh, something exciting that uh, happened in the game that that you really liked. I'll let Boy. you go first, Nifty. Okay, I've got a good one. Um, my happy honker goes to a fan who traveled from North Battleford, Saskatchewan, for this game with his wife. Yeah, he is not even from here. Daryl Brandle. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's going to who hopefully he's watching tonight or he'll catch it on podcast. He and his wife uh, drove a long time to get to this game. And he isn't even from Winnipeg. He's from Saskatchewan and he's a Bombers diehard fan. He was even wearing the chain and his breakup replica ring. And I'm like, dude, how did you become a fan of the Bombers living in Saskatchewan? Like the, the crap he must have to take. And he does. He has to take a lot of crap from his neighbors and coworkers. Um, he said he he was a big uh, a big fan of the the bombers in the eighties because of a guy named Dieter Brock, and has just continued that love wow. of the bombers um, ever since. And so he and his wife were there, and I thought that was just super cool. And they sent me a message. They were sitting right beside me literally in in section uh 129 and so we we got to chat at halftime and uh yeah that was just super fun to see you guys and uh you made my night that is awesome uh good happy honker good happy yeah. honker eh yeah i'll i'll give an honorable happy honker mention to five two melon nine six lemon who joins us once again here on game day after dark mm, uh, watching melon. from overseas oh yes Love the show. It's a must watch. Listen in my week. I had a handful of Bombers fans come up to me uh, over the last week or so. Just say like, hey, love the show. Love listening to the podcast. Like when they're driving home from the lake on Sunday night or they're, you know, uh, driving to pick up their kids from soccer or whatever. Throw it on for a few minutes. Uh, you know what? That'll be my happy honker tonight. To all the fans out there that uh, are, are, are continuing to uh, enjoy the bonfire sports content. I'm really looking forward to getting into jets hockey this winter, but you guys know where I butter my bread right here on the gridiron and uh, wouldn't have it any other way. DB okay. Joey, you got a happy bombers. Yeah, I do. I've got uh, honorable mention Zach Kolaris trying to throw a football into the stands at one of the last plays of the game <laughs> that a fan caught. So uh happy honker that, but no, um, also, wasn't that dude there that was like making a setting a world record? Yeah. Uh, There's comments. Was, he's comment doing on it right now. Doing, uh, um, I saw something on that. He's doing like I think it's all the stadiums in like 15 days or something. So yeah. he's fastest to see whatever. So that's cool. Uh, but my happy honker on the field, Jackson Jeffcoat for sure. Ooh, uh, I, like I thought I thought he had a a, a great game. Uh, like the pressure again. Like the D that's the other thing. Sorry. We were talking about the offensive line. Like this defense has just tightened up so much since that BC game. And that was another, like both him and Willie Jefferson were just coming off the edges, like fire. 
And it was like, again, nightmare if you're Jake Meyer tonight, having to see those guys like sinking together and giving you all reaching all sorts of havoc, uh, two sacks for Jeff Coat. Like, you know, he's back. I, I thought he played a yeah. played a wonderful game tonight. I like when it. Jeff Coat plays, uh, the defense is just goes to an entirely different level. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Like he's like, you know, it's he's Texas, right? He's like that Texas university product. Like there's that swagger that comes with it and that presence. And I'm like, man, he's got like that. That's it. Like he's he's a big time player. Like he's in the CFL, but he could, you know, NFL, CFL, like that guy's a player. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Jackson Jeffcoat is so much fun to watch. I'm, I'm just pulling this up here. Uh, a lot of people uh, shouting out uh, Dieter Brock, the Birmingham rifle. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's the pressure from the Bombers defense. And <laughs> this was the Willie Jefferson sack. Oh, you know what? I thought this was the Jackson Jeffcoat sack. But like add Jeffcoat to this crew of Malik Clements on the right side and Celestin Haba right next to him and Cameron Lawson, or as Willie Jefferson shared with me on Bonfire Midweek this past week, they call him Clamron Awesome. <laughs> that is his nickname. Well, at least Willie said Clamron. I don't know. Maybe it's Cameron Awesome, but either way, Clamron <laughs> Awesome, Cameron Lawson. Uh, That's a good he, nickname. Yeah, he, he's been dang good this year, too. Uh, but that sack Jackson Jeffcoat had, I think they ended up actually giving it to Willie Jefferson because uh, he kind of like came up over the top of yeah. Jake Mayer. Um, and again, you know, right there to, to like a half the sack. change. Like, they yeah, the half, half sack. sack. Like that, that would have been perfect. But Jackson, he also had two knockdowns. Like, yeah. he, was, he was so he, active tonight. But that half sack or wh- wh- however you want to call it, getting to the quarterback first. He was like a rocket. It was a laser beam off the right edge. He was so, f- I'm just like, that's Jackson Jet. Like, I remember, like, he, I don't remember him being that fast. I really don't. Just incredible twitch. Uh, that was awesome. One of the top plays of the game. Yeah, um, I agree. He yeah. played so well. So that's my happy honker. I like that. Could have been, been, been a game ball. Like, I, like I thought he was. You want to give like him a game that, ball? That, I probably will give him a game ball, too. Can okay. I give him two things? Yeah, you can absolutely. You can give yeah. him two things. No, you can't give him two things. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, well, all right, new things. guy. Give him two things. All right, new guy, uh, Joey Slattery, aka Slaughter. Uh, <laughs> we are going to, uh, you know, hey, it's your second show. You know, first one, training wheels. Now they're off. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, we're we're gonna give you the gears as much as we can. But uh, yeah, your game ball or game balls. Just don't give away too many, because yeah. I am in debt to Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> incorporated nobody on here gives away too many game balls we we keep it tight times are changing (laughs) you got game balls joey who do you like see i like jeff coat if i'll do an offense and a defense uh defense jeff coat for sure and an offense i gotta give it to mccray just because yeah he has the touchdown and the return, but it's just the nature of that return, like having to step in when Grant goes down and, and uh, Schnitz, I don't think you were on yet. We were talking about this, but I remember like when Grant went down, you know, I was glad to see him walking off and I'm like, man, that's a hit. Like you can't replace that guy. He's magical. 
on special teams, right? And I feel bad for whoever they're going to put in there to replace them. And then first play, it's a freaking 102 return on a missed field goal. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, where do they find these guys? Whatever. But, uh, but it was that. <laughs> like, he stepped in. He ran out of gas. It also showed just how good Grant is. The fact that he ran out of gas and just couldn't get to the end zone, you know, that's something that makes Grant special. That is a, a one like an elite pro athlete that ran out of gas that just puts into perspective what Grant does on a, you can say regular basis for the position that like for the special team stuff that he does, like that is about as regular as you're going to get for making big plays. And it is tough. So yeah, but I give it to McCray. He stepped up really well today. And I think he's like his star, his stock is continuing to rise. Nice. Where do they find these guys indeed, right? Like McCray is almost like a depth player on this team. And look at what he did today. Like, how do you take him out of the lineup? Well, and they, that, you know, people were kept asking me tonight, what's, where's Agadosi? Is he injured? He's like, no, he's not injured. Well, I mean, maybe he's on the one game injured list, but Kenny, he's not injured. Kenny Lawler. <laughs> Kenny Lawler. What about Kenny? But McCray is on there instead of Agadosi. McCray yes, took I'm spot. just saying, like, Agadosi, healthy and can play. Kenny yeah. Lawler, healthy, expected back soon. Like, yeah. embarrassment of riches. Embarrassment of riches, mm-hmm. indeed. And then, like, McCray, McCray was was unbelievable tonight. I, uh, I <laughs> yeah. that that missed field goal return, like just the the tackles he broke it just weaving back and forth like no wonder he ran out of gas but that's a really good point joey like that's probably a play where um janarian grant doesn't run out of gas and gets you six but uh mccray um he he was rushing the ball he had seven yards rushing and then he was two for two for 73 yards which of course was uh, a large part of that was that 68 yard touchdown on a beautiful uh pump fake it go from zach Kolaris. and then he how how long was the kick uh missed field goal return 102 yards 102 i think it was yeah yeah wow and some east west in there right because he started on the left hash went to the right near sideline and then finished up on the left so he ran 150 and my defensive game ball, I'm going to give some love to the guy who was a star of your show. Sorry, Danny Austin. The star of your show on midweek, I, sh- I should take a bye week more often because hmm? you had Danny Austin and uh, Willie Jefferson. Talk about a, a, an embarrassment of riches. But yeah, Jefferson had two sacks tonight. Nice that he gets the sexy stats. Um uh, two total tackles, uh, and he was just uh, all over the place. So I love me some Willie Jefferson. The uh, continued question uh, posed on Winnipeg Sports Talk, on the radio, on Bonfire Sports, on social media. Any update on Kenny Lawler? No update. No update. I tell people, go to the Winnipeg Free Press website or pick up Saturday's paper, maybe Monday's paper from this past week, and read Jeff Hamilton. Uh, He was in Montreal for the Bombers game there a week ago, uh, spoke to Blue Bombers president and CEO Wade Miller specifically about the situation. It was a three to four week timeline where the Blue Bombers sent out a statement saying they were hopeful it would be resolved in three to four weeks. They did not say anything of the kind that he will be back in three to four weeks. This is out of the Blue Bombers' hands. This is out of Kenny Lawler's hands. This is out of the CFL's hands, or frankly, anybody's, except for 
American and Canadian uh, immigration services. That's it. It's 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 something that's just got to be done. And uh, it's unfortunate. Kenny can't even be in the building. He cannot work. So he cannot be with his teammates. He cannot be in the facility. Uh, he's working his tail off on his own. And, and no doubt he's hanging out with his teammates uh, after work. But he can't be in meetings. He cannot uh, have contact with, you know, uh, you know, can't, can't go to work. So mm. it's a tough situation, Brutal. but, um, you know, it'll figure itself out eventually. But eventually will. Yet. It eventually will. Uh, okay. You guys know that I give my game balls out a little bit differently. Uh, so this is what I'm doing as the coach. Okay. Uh, Please tell me I'm, you're giving one to jammers. Oh, I was, th I thought about it. Oh, I thought about giving one to Jam. Oh, he was close. He just, he uh, just nudged that pylon, eh, guys? Dude, yeah, that was he would have knocked out of the one. He broke the shutout. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 that's that's a happy honker too, man. He like, I was like, that's that was yeah. sweet. Uh, I am calling Brady Oliveira into the back equipment room, and I'm saying, Brady, here's the ball. Go give it to your boys up front. Game ball goes to the offensive line. Couple sacks against, fine. Flat to start the game, the entire offense for sure. But when it mattered, like it easily could have been the bonfire burning point is a 15 play, 96 yard drive that spans nine minutes, 43 seconds. Yeah. And just, I, I set it off the top. That's the lead of the story. I, like I would have put them in for Warrior. Like, like if it were, you know, weren't for Big Hill's thing, like in terms of Warrior, the game, because they battled. It was a tough start and it got, they chipped away and chipped away. The defense did its part, but when it mattered, man, did they ever, that's Brady too, Brady and the O-line, like the, the whole system, uh, you know, like stuck to it and came through. Like, that's what impressed me most about the offensive line tonight and, and Brady as well. Things weren't go well. He had like zero yards on two carries in the first half. And then what does he end up with here on the rushing? It was 73 yards, right? Like yeah. but there was nothing. That's all in the second half. So like a hundred percent, like that could have been a warrior for me more than a game ball was, you know, you, you stuck to it. You, you battled through everything, all the adversity you were created, you know, that was created for yourselves in game and you turn it around, got the win, secured the win with the drive a hundred percent. But that is a good game ball. I like that game ball. Uh, so if you look at Brady Oliveira's numbers, 15 carries for 73 yards. Okay. 4.9, not too bad. Had a long of, uh, 19 and the one run of, of 10 plus yards. Okay. And then he is also the most targeted or pardon me, had the most receptions. Dalton Schoen was the most targeted. Oh man. That one that just hit him in the face. Oh, how did he, ah, that, that, was, that was very un Dalton Schoen like to miss that. You know what? shit happens sometimes rather and him drop it then than a meaningful drop i've like, seen you know, jerry rice drop footballs i have seen mm. weston dressler drop footballs i have seen the best drop a ball once in a while so dalton shown um you know listen to the radio broadcast christian omel working on the sidelines for ob uh said that after that play dalton shown helmet on by himself and in the words of, of, of Christian, he looked dejected. Uh, mm. That is not up to his standard, but shit happens sometimes. Okay. Yeah. And like, it is what it is. He put it behind him uh, and he, he still had uh, a pretty good game overall. I think he still leads the league in receiving even after just 
uh, just, but hey, 40 yards tonight. But Brady Oliveira, he had 73 on the ground. He had 37 uh, in the past game, including one on, uh, you know, to convert on second down into a first down and move the chains. That final drive, he had over 70 total yards uh brady was was dang good tonight and it's because yeah. of that offensive line that he's coming he to his to own hey? yeah no for sure good pick there but he's coming into his own hey eh, brady he is yeah 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 it's what am i sweet... doing on the screen here hey look i don't, look, I don't know we're in schnitzy's living room oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man i gotta figure out i gotta figure out this software i gotta make sure i'm, I got, I'm on my p's and q's here guys or maybe you don't it's kind of more entertaining when you don't yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit i think i got you straightened out now Schnitzy. What's it's going not software when you're talking about me it's hardware oh there you go oh. game ball to you for that yeah uh am i forgetting anything defense oh just you for the game balls a defensive game ball yeah yeah um I want to give it to someone else. I want to give it to somebody uh, different. Let, let's pull up. Let's pull up the defensive uh, numbers here, guys. Uh, you know what? Who I'm going to give it to? Oh yeah, I know who I'm going to give it to. I am going to give a game ball on defense. Where is it here? There we go. I am going to give a game ball on defense, not to Abu Durami Soare. He had a nice game. Brandon Alexander had some nice plays as well. You know my guy. Tackle for loss right here. The human tarpaulin. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know I was like, you know, just like a year ago, years old that I, it's called a tarpaulin. I was, it's just a tarp tarpaulin. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, yeah, I did <laughs> that's know. a, that's Learning. a game day after dark late night thought. Um, I am, <laughs> I am giving, thought, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm giving my game ball to Malik Clements, uh, two tackles. On defense, one on special teams uh, had two tackles for loss mm. uh, and also involved on special teams as well. Physical, nose dirty, getting it in there. Uh, I, I really like Malik Clement's game. The, 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 the guys were talking about it on the TSN broadcast as well. Uh, he's really coming to his own as, as a, uh, you know, a, an every down, physical, rock solid Canadian Football League pro. Uh, so yeah, there'll be my defensive game ball to, um, to Malik Clements. That's a good one. That is a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one. It's not an easy position to play in the CFL, the dime and, uh, yeah. he, filling in for, he has big shoes to fill with Kyrie Wilson being out. Well, but, uh, on that note, some positive optimism, optimism there, some, some reason for optimism. Kyrie Wilson is starting to run, uh, okay. hellacious injury last season, hellacious uh, really long road to recovery and, uh, he's, he's getting close, not practicing yet, but, uh, you know, I, I think Winnipeg, you know, Chris and I were talking about it on game day, uh, game day, Winnipeg today, um, or yes, yesterday. Anyway, uh, how good Winnipeg's linebacking core is because Les Maruo and Shane Gauthier, although injured Jesse Briggs, uh, and then, you know, emotional veteran leader in Adam Big Hill, Kyrie Wilson, Malik Clements, like, they're dang good. There, there's some Respect. bigger names in linebacking cores across the league, but Winnipeg is good. And now we're now we're uh, leading the Western Division. Just yes, like I'm that. a happy man. Yes, they are. I'm a happy man. Yep. Yes, they are. 
And who uh, knows? Maybe the Alouettes will beat BC. You never know. They'll be three and two. Yeah, that's right. Who do? We, yeah, yeah. We we went through it already. So Ottawa at Hamilton tomorrow, uh, and then Montreal at BC on July 9th. That would be that would be Monday. Is that right? No. Oh, can't be. Oh, it's after midnight. Sunday. Today's it is technically July eighth right now because it's game day after dark. Uh, so Ottawa Hamilton Saturday, Montreal BC Sunday uh, to wrap up CFL Week Five. But yeah, the Riders are three and one. The uh, BC Lions are three and one. Home to Montreal on Sunday. Uh, the Blue Bombers are four and one, and the Calgary Stampeders. Are on the outside looking in at one and three, and very very un Calgary Stampeder like. It's, hey, it's kind of weird. Hey, well, another interesting dynamic with Calgary though too is like without Bo Levi there, like you know Meyer came in and when you know when you're not the guy, you know it's almost like there's that sense of how would you put it? You're kind of more relaxed when you're replacing, if that makes sense. Like you're after the job, but like now when it's yours. And you were saying earlier, like, does he have that dog in him? Does he have that warrior? You're not seeing it. Like, it's still early in the season, but that is a very interesting thing. Now, you're the one with the target on your back in terms of, you know, the backup quarterback wanted to take position. And uh, now you're the guy, and this is what you fight for. But it's almost like, you know, once you get to the top of the mountain, what do you do, right? And that that's the thing with him right now is... I don't know. Like it's, he's not uh, like he has some shining moments for sure. He's made some big plays in this league, but is he a starter? I don't know at this point, you know, this far into the season, that record. Now I can't sit here and say that he is. And then not to say that there's a trade to be made with Winnipeg, but you know, we're talking about, well, what's going to happen when all these people come back. That's good capital to have too. And you have too many people performing because when push comes to shove and you got to make some minor adjustments, you can get some bigger names because you have some stuff to sh- ship out for them. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if you got to tinker with your lineup and you have too many guys that can play a good position, that's a really good problem to have for a number of reasons. One being the injuries, but the other one is when you have to start making hard moves, you can maybe get something in return, you know, but yeah, I'm skeptical of that happening too much in the CFL or in, in football, Mm. the, the trade deadline is relatively early. And I think GMs, when is it, do you know, like this uh, year, is there, it's October, it's October, like October. I think, I think it was October 4th last year. I I could look it up. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's down the road. Yeah. I just, I'm skeptical because I think GMs and, and teams and coaches are wary that, Look, look, you're one play away from needing that depth. And, yeah, that's true. you know, people have been speculating like, oh, you know, Edmonton's got Cornelius. He's he's no good. And and Jared Daggy's no good. And they, they need somebody. Hamilton needs a quarterback. You know, Calgary needs a quarterback. Like, they're not going to pry Dane Evans from the BC Lions because the BC Lions are working towards being in the Grey Cup. Hmm. Right. They're not going to pry Drew Brown from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because the Blue Bombers are working towards the Grey Cup. You yeah. know, you're, you're not going to you're not going to get a team's quarterback depth, not midseason. It's not going to happen. Um, not, like even beyond that, too. Right. Like Biggie you look T. at now, the, like the receiver is core is getting a little clogged, too. Right. Like so that's the thing. Like it's like it's there, but it's I've. I guess moral of the story is I'd rather have this as a problem as opposed to the problems you're describing now. I don't want the problem where it's like we have no depth. Like now the only thing is, is like we're seeing depth now and it's only going to get deeper as guys start coming back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, T Will watching live on hey, YouTube. Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter. Slaughter. Like that. I'm going to start calling you Sarge. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that was the name of the mascot of the first hockey team I covered full time. The Sarge. North Bay Battalion. Sarge it was the scariest mascot I ever saw in my life. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, this is one I wanted to, to get to here. Uh, speaking of backup quarterbacks. Comet asking, what's going on, Comet? Good, good to see you. Uh, bonfire OG Comet, for sure. Um, yes. What is the issue with Drew Brown? Uh, we don't know, specifically. Uh, he has been away from the team for a week, roughly, and is not in Winnipeg right now. So, similar to Nick Dembski, who was on the roster but did not dress. He was not in Montreal last week, right? We know he he had his, his first child with his partner. Um, but he was on the roster and away for personal reasons. Same with Adam Big Hill. Adam Big Hill played in Montreal, but he was away from the team all week long. Now we know why, right? He was back home taking care of, of uh, you know, his family and, and business and, and the rest. Um, business, I mean, of course, the, the business of, of his family. Uh, Drew Brown, we do not know. He is not in Winnipeg, I am told. And uh, when he comes back, if he feels, you know, comfortable he'll he'll share that with us but you know i like the way mike o'shea uh deals with this stuff he says look it's not my place when the player comes back or when the player wants to they're a human being they can address it themselves i like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah i mean uh you guys got final thoughts bombers now looking towards uh the ottawa red blacks on saturday july 15th I'll be right back. One second. Okay. All right. I guess I guess I'm gonna have to do the first final thought. What do you got? Well, I mean, we're first of the West again, right where we should be, buddy. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh. We're right. We think we're all right in the world. We're four and one. When we had lots of fun tonight, uh, that's that's all I gotta say. It's nice to be back first in the West, baby. Yep. That that is true. I mean, uh, and, the, uh, the West Division it, is competitive. Winnipeg has a has a half game up on um, up on two of the teams. I I well, know what Joey. I know what Joey went and got. Yeah. What? Okay. Has any of your viewers seen this before? Here. Hold yes, on. I have it behind me. Oh, you do? Yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. You can oh, see. Oh yeah, it right you can see it behind. Yeah. Pretty sweet, hold that though, right hey? up. Hold that right up there, Joey. Here, I want, Look, at I just want to see if the here get some glare off it here. Second, let me turn the light right down That's so we don't right. have the glare. But yeah, so this is I found it at the record store the other day, and I think I think the price is still on twenty bucks. So you got Jeter like, there, to. number five. You got Bud Grant holding on the old uh, short gray cup. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. And it's like, and like I don't know if you can see the the back here, but there's like the track, so it's like the beginning years. The Jack Jacobs era, the Mud Bowl, the Bunt Grant years. Side two, the Grey Cup returns to Winnipeg. Like, mm. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I want to listen to this. This and yep, the year on it. Yeah, what the tracks are. 1980. Yeah. That's the 1980 this came out. And I think it was produced, yeah, CJOB. But, like, the artwork on it is, like, incredible. Like, I got it more for that. I think this is stupid. Light. Very cool, right? 
Yeah. Oh, I'm super that pumped is. you have one, Shitsy, because I've never seen this before. And I, when I saw it, I was like, that is so cool. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy Alex gave it to me uh, last year. He dropped it off at my house. I was like, whoa, this is so I, – I just – the only problem is I don't have a record player. Um, but uh, you'll have to come copies? over to your place. I, I apologize for interrupting, but I, I'm pining to know. Are your guys' copies sealed or are they open? Mine's Mine, I think I opened it. I think no, mine's open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's definitely open. We got to find a record player. Like, I, I really want to hear that. I've yeah, got one. We should just put it on. Like, we'll have an episode. Just read along with the. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Forty-year-old record. There you go. We. we <laughs> by better, by we, the way, I, I, I missed my final thought. I have to give a shout out to James. I saw him in the concourse right before the game started. A uh, good friend of mine. He's a good man. So James, shout out to you, buddy. Nice. Love that. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I will ensure that we have copyright clearance of this CGOB produced record, but that would be so cool to play some of it. Uh, yeah, I'd love to for, hear it for everybody out there. That that's give great. our feedback after every track. Yeah. Yeah. The good who kind of feedback. That's your, I'm going to know, like, is it audio. one of the, like, is it Bob Irving? Like who's, who narrates this? Who knows? We got to find, find out. Maybe it's yeah, Cactus Jack. Maybe. What year is it? Like, that's what I mean. 1980. Oh, for sure it's Cactus Jack. And and yeah, Bob would be on that too. Bob started calling games in 1972. Yeah. yeah so like this is like all all the primetime guys, like the, you know, the real ones. If it's show and tell, I should go upstairs and get something my buddy Sean gave me tonight. Uh, I took him to the game. A CFL board game i will show it on midweek it is nice. classic i have from like seen 1985 that. it's a cfl board That's game so cool. <sighs> you know what the coolest cfl thing i had and i i we gave it to my cousin because i'm i'm a late child he's a lot older than me these are before my time but there's probably some viewers that remember the dairy queen maybe it wasn't before my time it would have been very close but the dairy queen ice cream that came in the helmets the CFL helmets. Oh no! So we had that. we had the display. So there's this yeah. cardboard display where you, after you're done, you wash them, you can hang them on, and like like each one has its own slot. And we nice. had the whole collection. I gave it to my my cousin who was also a sportscaster back in the day before he went to communications and a big sports guy, and he has it somewhere. He actually offered it back, and I think we're like, no, it's okay, it's cool, like being nice guys. And I'm like, oh, I should have got that back. It was such it. a sweet piece of memorabilia. Yeah. Hey, hey, look what I found. That's the one. That's the one. That's look, the one I had. Look at that. That's look at so that. Cool. Look at that Lions logo. And that whole thing is like this cardboard thing. Like, yeah, it like it was legit. Like, look at the Edmonton logo, Sask, like the Alouettes. They're look all at the shape beauty. of that helmet. Love it. Well, right. And then yeah, the old Rough Riders, the man, the A on the Argos. Like, look at nice how small that little tie cat is. And the right? little double E. Oh yeah, cow, that's that is... that's the exact one I had. That's the exact thing I had. That's awesome. Yeah, that it was awesome. such a cool thing. I should call him and just be like, "Hey, man, how are things?" Particularly the Dairy Queen collection that you took from me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It looks like they did it a couple times because th there's another one here. Oh, this one is a show the other one because that's the one that we. That's the exact one I had. It's, I didn't know there was another a, one. It's a terrible image, but I think you'll get the picture. There's just a yeah, different yeah. uh 
a different that's not uh, the one i have but it's still that, really cool thing that it's on yeah that is that is cool um the other thing i wanted to say about that record though is that's just cool art you know to like hang on the wall like like that's yeah. why i got it i'm like i don't i don't care if i never listen to it i'm like it is a sweet pe- like we don't see stuff like that anymore that's not even like a like a record from a band or you know this was a, yeah looks like maybe yeah. a promotional thing like and the artwork is phenomenal on it like colors everything i was like yeah i was like 100 percent. i'm gonna get this we don't we don't get that kind of like you know that uh-huh. hand art anymore it's all digital graphic design like it's to see yeah. something like that i'm like oh we don't just see like someone's work that they did with their hands it turns into this beautiful freaking cover yeah yeah i i love that old stuff it's like it's before my time but i i think it's so cool like this is the CFL logo as it stands today. And hey, sportslogos.net, amazing website. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Chris Creamer, I think, is the guy that runs that. He's awesome. Yeah. That and UniWatch. If you're like if you're a sports nut like me, sports logos and UniWatch are two accounts and websites you should follow. They're awesome. Yeah, I love the aesthetics of sports, just the the different looks of things. Here, here's what's interesting though. It says 2016, mm-hmm. but trivia question. When was this logo actually debuted? And I'll give you a hint. It was in Winnipeg. 2015. The 2015 Grey Cup. Cup when they, the former Edmonton Eskimos came away with the victory. Um, Willie Jefferson on that team. Um, we know this logo, the CFL logo from uh, the mid 2000s. Uh, of course, the classic that was there That's forever. That's the one. Love that one. I, yeah, and I, th- this this is such a cool logo. Like Ben Roethlisberger was was shown wearing a t-shirt on a yeah. podcast because he works out with uh, a Canadian trainer and, and got him that shirt. But I have a hat with oh. this logo on it. Oh my God. Like, look at that maple leaf. That's Kenny playing football right there. That's Jack Jacobs. That's Jerry James. That's uh that's a that's different cool. era. But how cool is that logo? Yeah, that's like, cool. You know, when See, you when logos back in the day, man. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like even the NHL had some cool logos like that before the shield. Like oh yeah. This, this is like, yeah, that I love that. But to me, the CFL logo will always be like the first logo that comes to mind will always be the helmet. I think oh, that's yeah. like the like I think personally, I think they should go back to it. We're in an era where nostalgia's huge. It kind of is like you know, Burger King went back to its old logo. It's time for the CFL to go back to it. If one of the biggest fast foods in the world can do it, the CFL can do it. <laughs> well, they had the the Slurpee cups, right? At 7-Eleven? Yeah, that's another thing I wish. So we found that last year. My wife thought it was pretty cool. We actually got a Slurpee because it had the, like, the Bombers cup. But, like, it'd be cool if there was a collection to it. Like, and that's you'd have to go all across the, you know, all across <laughs> yeah. the country to get them. What does it say? Yeah. If you plant a football, it blooms a maple. Well, that's the bomber uh, fan. Love that guy. That's there's yeah, the maple. It blooms right, and it is coming directly out of the look, football. Yeah, look that, the green, the green right in the middle. Hey, that's yeah. hilarious. I love that. Uh, th- this has been fun, guys. Like, I mean, I-, I think we could pretty much go all night with this. Uh, but, we totally could, but I got to get up in the morning. I guess this everybody book, has to go back to the lake. We're so upset for you, man. <laughs> this is, this yeah, is but my wife true. expects me to be there early, so I got to get uh, up early. Yeah, yeah no, we're, the, our, our those things may be true. T. Will's comment here: Bombers hat game puts Huss to absolute shame. That is not true. <laughs> Huss's hat game is 
off well, the charts. Well, on, on Twitter, he was wearing a at some golf tournament. He was wearing a Jets hat that was getting a lot of shade thrown on it. Yes, it, and he threw it on. I was I was on Winnipeg Sports Talk, so like I'll, I'll likely the rest of the season be on Winnipeg Sports Talk on Bombers game days if it's during the week. Uh, but he threw that hat on during the show, and it was just like. Like I get, I get the, the, the flack he's getting for it, but like now he's embracing it and just rocking it all the time. It's awesome. It's what, awesome. what hat, what, what's the hat? Is it like a flat brim? Like, what are we talking it about just, here? It, it looks like, I don't think it's a knockoff, but it looks like it might've been. Yeah. And it's it just looks kind like of, it might've been the shape of it is kind of strange, like unorthodox, <laughs> okay. but uh, yeah, it's, it's a gooder. It, it's, it's well, like many things, Hustler and Remo and Winnipeg Sports Talk do. They have fun with something on air or, or on social media, and then it becomes iconic, right? Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. for sure. Um, uh, I'm rocking okay, my gold so, ice hat. Not a good day to do that. They got pumped sixteen <laughs> four for those listening. Oh. Not a great year for the old fish. Anyway, yeah, t- tough season so far uh, in the first year after Rick Forney. Uh, yeah, has moved the Greg on. Taggart era, not off to a good start. Yeah, well, and he's an experienced GM. Uh, or sorry, experienced manager. But Rick Forney was a huge uh, recruiter of talent to the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. So a lot of dudes went with him, man. Like a yeah. lot of like Logan Hill was like a guy they miss. You know, like Kyle mm-hmm. Martin went off and played whatever AAA. But yeah, it's 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 off to a rough start. I I, I think they'll get it together. But he's got to build his core. Like you lose guys like that. I think they only had like two two position players returning like that are that are playing as starters and like a couple of pitchers and that's about it so on that note i think it's july 20th but get into uh winnipeg sports talks um uh, social media and and find out they're gonna have a wst night at the gold eyes game so like they have exclusive tickets 15 bucks. They're going to put them down the first base or sorry, down the third base line in the like craft beer corner. If, if you've never been to the craft beer corner at, uh, at Shaw park or been to a gold eyes game, like so much fun, chill. I've been known to frequent the uh, craft beer corner from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, It's a great spot. It's good. It's good. Um, but I'm going to try really hard to get there on, on, I think it's July 20th. I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, hey, let, let's let's bring all the uh, let's bring all the fire starters out with the Winnipeg Sports Talk crew and uh, Kenny and Rennie and Illegal Curve. Let's get it going, man. This is this is the community, uh, you know, we're here for. Love and it. win or lose, man, never a bad time at Shaw Park. That is true. That's what they that say. That's what they say. Well, this has been fun, guys. This has been fun. You got a final thought, Joey, as we uh, give you the gears in your second show? Yeah, and I'm going to try and prolong it as long as possible so Schnitzi has to go to bed super late. As I, he's like, okay, good, good show, guys. Good show. Bastardo. <laughs> no, I think, I think my, uh, my, my final thought for this game is oh, it'll be interesting to see how it carries over to next game because the – oh, am I – oh, no. I no, I no, crazy. you're good, Joy. Just talk okay, about Okay, yeah, that. but that's – that's the big thing is the um, is they built themselves back up to be vintage bombers by the end of the game. Like both ends of the ball were playing well. It's very promising, um, but it's it, can they carry it over this week? Like, is this the start of getting back on track to the bombers that we do know? Yes, they're four and one. Everything is great. Uh, this is nitpicking. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, you know, as the season goes on, they do have to get better if they want to go and make a bit at a fourth straight great cup appearance. Right. 
Um, but this today at that, that fourth quarter gave me a lot of hope that was watching some really good mid season form blue bombers where things are clicking and there's a lot of promise going out of this game. So that's my final thought is, is things appear to be back on track and if they can keep it going, Great. If guys come back and they can fill in their slots, great, because the more depth this have. The nice thing about these injuries, and this has happened in years past, is you get it, you get to see how these guys play in yeah. real football, not in practice. So now we're seeing that if, you know, manure hits the fan on Grey Cups, you know, Grey Cup, that you have guys that can step in and make plays for you. So there is a positive to that when these guys are getting valuable playing time and making the most of it. So this is a very promising game at the end. Not a great start. Again, rested team, bit of a short week for the Bombers, but they came back and like an engine warming up in the winter or me speaking French, it started off slow with a lot of effort and then it <laughs> seemed easy and seamless by the end. Like it, it was humming at the end. So that's good. Just, just rest assured your French is better than Willie Jefferson's. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I just love how he just embraces it all. Everything about being a Canadian. He's just, he loves it here. Yeah. Uh, we'll just mention Phyllis says the Winnipeg Sports Talk Gold Eyes game is on July 26th. And I, you know how I know Phyllis knows? Phyllis got the first ticket. Phyllis jumped good right job, to it. Phyllis. Yeah. And uh, so I think I, we have Phyllis, Phyllis in line. This is good. Congrats. Good job, Phyllis. Yeah. We'll see you and out there. My, my final thought is, is this. Because yeah. Bomber yeah. fan says, Schnitzi's going to have a neck strain from wearing that chain so long. Oh, it's hurting. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it's hurting. on that note, there's a reason to wear the chain. The Bombers won tonight and protected the house uh, and, and got back on uh, the winning track at IG Field. 24-11 in a game that was 11-1. 24-11, the Bombers improved to 4-1 and one on the season. Guys, this is a blast. Love having you both on um, and uh, everybody in the live chat. Great seeing you as always. If you're listening on the podcast afterwards, Get over to YouTube. Give us a you know a, a thumbs up. Uh, go and do that right now, uh, and leave a comment, you know, or leave a review in your podcast app uh, because I want to show that to our future sponsors as well as our current sponsor who has just been uh, incredibly enthused to be part of the team uh, again this season. That's Shannon's Irish Pub, one seventy five Carlton Street, just a quick Dalton shown hitch pass <laughs> down the street. From True North Square, Jets games, Bombers games, home and away. They have game day specials, 21 beers on tap, drink specials, food specials, your pub favorites, eclectic atmosphere, awesome food, as you guys can attest uh, from your um, very romantic lunch date today prior to the Bombers mm -hmm. game. Uh, Steamy. But, uh, we're we're going yeah, to see you at Shannon's uh, after the Sea Bears game, too. Yeah. And just uh, what would that be? A. Uh... A return, yep. a McCra a, no, a McCray 102 yard return oh. from Transcona to get there. Is that, yeah, something we're like always that. talking about the short walks. Yeah. What about the long? Uh, how about, how about a Teddy Allen three? Oh, Jelani Watson Gale. Oh, Jelani. How about on that PJ note, another CK target score weekly podcast? It's on yeah. everywhere. So there you go. There's your, there's your second plug already. <laughs> hey, I'll plug a third time. If what, a keep plug. A plug. I, what a plug. What a plug. <laughs> uh hey and gerald wilson uh we'll, we'll leave it on this note great show again appreciate you watching yeah. gerald thanks uh loves the replays that's what it's all about
on demand for you, ready whenever you want it. But uh, uh, appreciate you. And if you appreciate us, appreciate our sponsors, uh, including Shannon's Irish Pub and uh, everybody out there. Hey, okay, fellas, have a great, great show. weekend. Sayonara, everybody. Nice to see you. See ya. Thank you.